Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Looking at a story on globalnews.ca, this is from Reuters, and I'm just going to quote a couple of lines. U.S. President Donald Trump on Saturday, that's today, of course, said demonstrators protesting the death of a black man who died after a white police officer knelt on his neck would have been, quote, greeted with the most vicious dogs and most ominous weapons I have ever seen, end quote, had they breached the White House fence. Now, that was on Twitter. And you're all aware that there has been, of course, this uh, line in the sand drawn by the president uh, towards social media, particularly Twitter, and he's engaged in in an executive order, and uh, we're going to speak about that very issue with David Fraser, who joins us now. We speak to David regularly about issues that have to do with uh, the Internet and security and privacy. And uh, Canadian Internet privacy law expert, of course, partner of McKinnis Cooper in Halifax and originator of the Canadian Privacy Law blog. David, before I ask you about uh, what the president's executive order has uh, means, when I read those lines that I just read about a tweet from Donald Trump this morning. What's your immediate response? Well, certainly I I tend to side with the folks who are concerned about the use of Twitter as a platform and other social media platforms in order to uh, divide and potentially incite violence. Um, That, uh, that (laughs) if I were, if I were the emperor of of Twitter, I would probably have, uh, have taken stronger action sooner. Um, and obviously, it's precipitated what we're about to talk about, which is a, a, a bit of a backlash uh, on Twitter tagging some of the president's recent posts as violating its rules related to inciting violence uh, and limiting in some ways that uh, at least one of the posts, as I understand it, can only be uh, can only be seen if you click a little interstitial, it's called. Uh, and then you can only retweet it if you add a comment to it. So you can discuss it, but you can't just amplify it. Mm-hmm. And that's a significant shift compared to what Twitter's been doing uh, with respect to the, the Twitter accounts of public figures. So Mr. Trump argues that protecting freedom of speech with his executive order um, concerning the Communications Decency Act, Section 230, he says that's what he's done is protecting freedom of speech in the United States, constitutionally enshrined. What exactly is that section in layman's terms, and what has Mr. Trump actually done? Sure. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, uh, it was put into law in 1996 to give platforms, uh, companies that offer kind of interactive computer services, a level of immunity from liability for content that others had produced. And it actually came out of a case where an internet service provider went to steps to reduce, um, I guess, adult material, offensive material on its platform. And a court, just applying the common law, said, hey, you're, you're performing an editorial function, and therefore you're responsible, legally responsible for what's on your platform. And so it was designed to permit platforms to take a hands-off or a completely hands-on approach 
without changing their uh, with uh, without incurring liability for what their users say. And so, ironically, the <laughs> it's Section 230 that uh, permits Twitter and other platforms to actually carry uh, offensive, problematic, defamatory tweets, uh, untrue tweets, and other other posts. Because otherwise, um, if uh, if a public figure or anybody else said something mean about you, at least in the U.S. courts, or defamatory or what have you, you'd also be able to sue Twitter. And of course, that would mean the incentives for Twitter would be that they wouldn't carry that sort of stuff. And so some people say that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act is the reason why the Internet has been able to thrive. You have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have YouTube, and all these other platforms, uh, so that there can be some censorship, if the platforms want to, they're private actors. They can do they can do what they, they want. They're not subject to the U.S. Constitution related to kind of extinguishing free free expression, which is something that often gets confused in this in the discussions that we have. Yeah, it is confusing for the for the layperson to try to understand. It's certainly confusing for me. I I think I understand something. You know, some, the, the fundamentals of Section Two Thirty. But at the same time, I said when the discussion becomes more specific, it does get confusing. Uh, so my question here then is: Are social media platforms a going to fight back? B can they? And let's not forget that the big social media players like Google and Facebook have faced significant challenges themselves as far as decisions they've taken is concerned. I think it's going to be an interesting <laughs> interesting path ahead, and certainly we live in interesting times. First and foremost is, is you cannot change, the, the President of the United States cannot change a law, a statute by executive order. And so there's really nothing that the President can do with the stroke of a pen that actually changes that. Now, he can certainly use uh, his allies in Congress and in the Senate to try to change the statute, um, but I'm willing to bet there will be some significant uh, pushback associated with the, with that. But we're, we're also likely to see a lot of <laughs> bluster about the uh, about the topic uh, that's only going to get louder and, uh, and more strident. Um, and it's unfortunate that it's this thing that has pushed off a discussion about this provision in U.S. law. We don't have it in Canada. We don't have it in, in England, and uh, and so platforms do have a risk of liability for what people post. If you think of, and, and in some cases it has squelched expression, uh, that there are a number of media companies that no longer have comments enabled on their uh, on their articles because they could become legally responsible for what people comment on those on those articles. And it's in the U.S. that they don't have to worry about that because of uh, the Section 230 of the CDA. And hanging over all of this, all of it, is the fact that it's an election year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can just imagine, or I think there are so many possibilities of what could happen if Twitter said, okay, finally we've had it, and just delete his account. And uh, who, who knows what the next step would be after uh, after that. But, uh, but it is interesting that the president says he hates social media and hates Twitter, but it's his number one number one megaphone and it's his number one way of reaching his uh, his base and so it may be one of those things kind of be careful what you wish for or be careful about um how much of a brinksman you want to be when it comes to uh pushing this line where in fact no private company twitter or anybody else has any obligation uh to carry his content and i think one of the things that that might have precipitated this in, in some way is that twitter made the decision 
a little while ago to simply not carry political ads, which, of course, kind of reduced the, uh, the ability for him and his allies to pay for access to eyeballs. Uh, and some other platforms have not, uh, it, those pol- political ads. It'll be very interesting to see what actually develops, because right. other political players have now also chosen social media and Twitter, maybe particularly, to get their messages across because they've realized how um, how helpful it's been to Donald Trump getting his message across. David, always great talking to you. Thank you so much for the time. Thanks. It's a pleasure. You take care, right? You too. David Fraser, um, privacy lawyer, internet privacy lawyer, McKenna Cooper in Halifax. He's a partner at, uh, at McKenna Cooper, Canadian Privacy Law Blog. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.